Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another Let's Ride podcast, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday hookup for all your Pittsburgh Steelers news and notes. And this is a big show. It's a big show for a lot of reasons. The Pittsburgh Steelers host the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday Night Football going into the bye week. That's big. But also, we have a special guest in the second half. Yeah, that's right. Blue check back. He had a one-week Uh, You can call it whatever you want. You can call it a break. You can call it a layoff. You can call it you got fired for a week. I don't care. He's back. Blue check back will be joining us in the second segment, as he always does. And there's a lot to discuss. There's a lot on my mind. I have a lot on my mind about the Pittsburgh Steelers heading into this week six matchup. And I thought to myself, what do I want to do in terms of approach for this Friday podcast? I'm just going to get it all out. I have this, all this, it's like a clog in my black and gold mind, and I just want to get it out. We're just going to flush it out. Call out, call up Roto-Rooter, and we're just going to get it out. But before we do that, before I release this content in my head, I want to remind you, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And wherever you get your podcasts or Steelers, Behind the Steel Curtain, you'll find us. Subscribe, follow Whatever you have to do, especially if you're an Apple Podcast user. If you use Apple Podcasts, you want to subscribe to the channel. I love it if you give us a five-star rating. Leave us a good comment. Really appreciate it. And that way you get all of this content, not just my shows, but the noon lineup, 
the rest of the morning lineup, our PM content, all the breaking news podcasts, the injury reports, everything right in one spot, but you have to subscribe on Apple Podcasts to do that. All right, these random thoughts. You know, that's something Brian Anthony Davis used to do on the website. He had a great, I I used to love the article. I loved it. It was random thoughts from a black and gold mind. And it was hysterical because Brian is really funny and he has this wit about him. It's unique. Uh, But he just found it difficult to continue to write it. I tried to say, let's do it a weekly feature. He said, I just felt like it was too much. At the end, he was just kind of grasping at straws, so to speak, and trying to be too funny. And I got it. And so I was like, we'll just cancel. So this is kind of me with random thoughts. Now, I'm not trying to be funny here. This is just me literally, like I said at the beginning of the show, I'm just getting thoughts out. As I was driving home from work, I'm sitting there, and this is what happens. I listen to other podcasts. I was listening to Matty Peverell and his War Room podcast. Great show. Check it out if you haven't yet. I listen to Dave Schofield's podcast on the way to work. And all the time I'm thinking, I'm hearing these stats. I'm hearing these comment, this commentary, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, I have takes on this stuff too. I have takes on that too. And so I tried to piece it all together. But there was no constant. There was no common denominator. So I was like, you know what? We're just going to bullet it out. We're just going to do one at a time. Boom, 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 boom. Random thoughts from Jeff's mind. So let's do this. First and foremost, in case you missed the, uh, in case you missed the injury report, and I'm gonna, I want to ask Michael Beck about this in the second segment. In case you missed the injury report on Thursday, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the 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 player they traded for, Akella Witherspoon, who was drafted by the 49ers, traded the Seahawks in the Steelers trade to get this cornerback, he's been inactive the last few weeks, did not practice, not because he's injured, because of a coach's decision. Now, when I saw that, now it's already been frustrating. Let me get this out of the way. It's already been frustrating for me. It's been frustrating seeing this guy the Steelers gave up draft capital for. And if he, I don't care if it was just a fifth-round pick. They gave up draft capital for this young man. And he hasn't even been getting a helmet on game day. Hasn't even been getting a helmet. And now, all of a sudden, he's not practicing because of a coach's decision. Now, I do know that the local reporters that were there, they even said he was at practice. It wasn't like he got a day off, like there was something going on in his family. He got the day off, excused absence. No, he was at practice. So maybe this means he's in the doghouse. Maybe this means, I don't know what it means, but it's really starting to tick me off. He feels, to me, that at this juncture in the season, what a freaking waste Akella Witherspoon is. What a waste of a trade. What a waste of a draft pick. This guy is contributing in no ways. What's he going to be remembered for? Getting burnt against the Raiders. That's what he's going to be remembered for. And maybe, yes, Minka Fitzpatrick probably should add help over the top. But all the images that we remember right now is seeing Witherspoon on the back of a nameplate, on the back of a jersey, running behind Henry Ruggs as he jaunts into the end zone. I'm sick of it. This guy's a waste. Unless he does something soon, why keep a roster spot for him? I know they won't cut him. They're not going to do that. But this was a shot across the bow, maybe to Witherspoon himself. You're not practicing coach's decision until I hear why. This really ticks me off. So maybe this didn't age well. Maybe you're listening in your car thinking, well, Jeff, it turns out the dude uh, had a death in the family. Okay, maybe. In which case... It doesn't get over the fact that he's been active the last few weeks. Keep that in mind. Next random thought. How bad did the Steelers miss Stefan to it? I mean, I've said this before, but I want to say it again. I want to make it very clear. When you have Tyson Alualu on your team, you can function without Stefan to it. 
Didn't say you'd be as good, but you can function without Stefan Tuitt. Cam Hayward is Cam Hayward. We know this. Tyson Alualu's out, broken at leg. Who knows if he'll even be back this season. And so now you're looking at the setup and thinking, boy, if they had Tuitt, they would be okay. If they had Tuitt, Chris Wormley could play nose. Isaiah Bugs could play nose. Henry Mondo could probably flex down. Henry Mondo would be a good rotational defensive end as well. But they need Stefan Tuitt back. Man, do they miss this guy. And so I'm not sure if he's going to come back. We know that they haven't even started the 21-day clock on him yet. He's on injured reserve. It's it's not looking good. But my goodness, they miss Stefan Tuitt. Next random thought. A lot of fans still upset, still angry about Roethlisberger not practicing on Wednesdays. And pro football talk, which love them or hate them, they do a good job in terms of getting news out, all 32 teams. I'm not crazy about Mike Florio, even though he's from my hometown, went to my high school, not at the same time. He's a lot older than I am. Actually went to school with my uncle, by the way. Nonetheless, even though I have tie, he has ties to West Virginia and Wheeling, West Virginia and Wheeling Central Catholic High School, where I attended high school, my goodness, his company, I don't think he wrote the article. They wrote an article that said Ben Roethlisberger takes off Wednesday. Well, no crap. He's taken off every Wednesday for like the last three years, it seems like, if not longer. It's as if they always do. And he was a full participant on Thursday, as we all knew. Steeler fans had to see that headline and just roll their eyes and say, oh boy, here we go. Here we go. Pro football talk out there, stirring it up as they always do. Ben taking off on Wednesday is not a big deal. It's not a big deal. You, I think some people actually think that Roethlisberger sitting at home eating Cheetos or bonbons and watching Golden Girls on television. That's not what he's doing. He is at the facility. He's at practice. For crying out loud, they interview him every Wednesday at the facility. And you can see that practice is getting ready to start, and he's out there, and he's working with the team. I'm sure he's with Coach Canada. They're, they're going over the offense. He's doing work. Okay, people, get over it. It's not going to change. Would you rather have Roethlisberger practice every Wednesday at the beginning of the season and then fade at the end, or would you rather flip the script? Let him have Wednesdays off, get Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins some reps, and have him more fresh. I don't want to say fresh because he's 39 years old and he's been in the league a long time and he's going to be banged up, but as fresh as possible at the end of the season. I'll take the latter. Next random thought. Zach Banner's return. We know it's imminent. We know it's going to happen. We don't know when. Everyone thought it was going to be before this Sunday's game against Seattle. But when you listen to Mike Tomlin's comments on Tuesday in his press conference, and when you listen to Ben Roethlisberger's comments on Wednesday, it does make you wonder what the Steelers are thinking regarding Zach Banner's return. You think it might mess with that the, the gelling of the offensive line. I could see the Steelers thinking, look, we don't need him to come back right now. The, the offensive line is really starting to get it. The offensive line is really starting to gel. Maybe that's what they're thinking. I don't know. I really don't know. But Banner's return is going to mess with the offensive lines. This is horrible, but quote-unquote juju. I don't know. Zach Banner's going to come back, and I don't know how he's going to fit. And if the offensive line keeps playing well, which we all hope they do, I just don't know how he's going to fit. Where are they going to go? Who's going to sit? Someone's going to have to sit. Maybe I'll ask Michael Beck about that in the second half. Next random thought. Anthony McFarland. Is he a secret weapon in the making? This was someone on Twitter that mentioned this to me. They said I could, they could see Anthony McFarland waiting until the Cleveland game, which is the week after their bye week, 
until he gets released. They said, could he be a secret weapon? I'm not so sure I'm going to go out on the limb and say a secret weapon. Do I think that Anthony McFarland has a skill set that could really benefit the Steelers in a lot of ways? Yes. He is faster. He is shiftier. Get him in space. He can make a big play. He's faster than Najee Harris. The one thing about Anthony McFarlane that gives me pause is I want to see if he can be that third down back that the Steelers could really use. Not that Najee Harris is not a three down back. He's proven that already, even as a rookie. But Anthony McFarlane, how is he going to be used? It would be notable that even if he does return, there's not a lot of tape out there on him. Even as a rookie, he didn't play that much. And when he did, he didn't succeed. So keep that in mind. When Anthony McFarlane comes back, would he be used in a different way? Are they saving stuff for him? Matt Canada, Maryland, he coached him. They had success. We'll see. Fingers crossed. I hope so. All right, last random thought before we take a break. This Sunday's game. Again, I, I, I do a question and answer with the opposing uh, website of SB Nation teams every week. And this week, the Field Gulls is the name of the SB Nation site for the Seahawks. I don't know if they're crazy about that name. I'm not, but still, I digress. The person that was responsible for answering these questions, that I was, I'm sorry, was asking me these questions, was saying, like, you know, this is a big game for the Steelers. You know, well, what do you think about it? And is it a must win? Well, I've subscribed to the Dave Schofield line of thought that a must-win game is only for those games that you absolutely must win or your season's over, or you must win or you're out of mathematically eliminated from playoffs. They are not there yet. The Steelers are not there yet. But I will tell you this. This is as big a week six games as it can get, in my opinion. As big as a week six game as it can get. The Pittsburgh Steelers, if they go in on Sunday Night Football in front of a national audience, and they beat the Seahawks led by Geno Smith, Geno Flipping Smith, the West Virginia Mountaineer himself. If they go in and win this game, think about what the what the ripple effect is. 3-3, three and three, going into the bye week, two-game winning streak. Now, depending how they win will depend a lot about how the overall thought process is about the Steelers team, but 3-3, three and three, feeling good, Two-game winning streak, off the bye week, you have a rivalry game with the Cleveland Browns. That's big. You've righted the ship. You've basically got back to level. Can you now keep it rolling? Let's flip the script, though. We've seen this team lose to worse quarterbacks, whether it's Ryan Finley, uh, Ryan, I think it was Ryan Mallett a couple years ago with, with Baltimore. I know Cliff Harris is still a punk. Or Kevin Smith from Behind the Steel Curtain did a scouting report. It's going to run on Friday morning, 9 a.m. Make sure you check that out. And he actually talks about every single backup quarterback, like Bruce Gradkowski, Michael Vick once, all these backup quarterbacks that have beaten the Steelers. It's depressing. The Steelers have lost games like this, folks. They really, really have. And... I, I just have to say that if they were to lose this game, think about what would the ripple effect would be there. They would be two and four going into the bye week. They would be two and four. And you know, coming up after that bye week are the Browns who are just waiting to have the death blow. They still have, and they being the Pittsburgh Steelers still have five AFC North games left on their schedule. Five. They can make up a ton of ground. A ton of ground if they can win this game on Sunday 
and then do well within their final divisional play. So if they could sweep a team, now obviously it's not going to be Cincinnati. They already lost a game to Cincinnati. If they could sweep a team, remember they swept the Baltimore Ravens last year. Maybe they could do it again. You know, there's a lot of people that aren't believers in the Ravens. They, they think their success is all kind of smoke and mirrors. I don't know. But I'll say this. With five AFC North games left, the Steelers could still do a lot of damage within the division, and they could still make themselves playoff contenders, especially with that seventh playoff team getting in. This game on Sunday night is absolutely gigantic. It is gigantic. As big a week six game as it can get, in my opinion. Will they win? I don't know. We're going to give our predictions. I'm going to have Blue Check back on right after this break. Stay tuned. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of Let's Ride. I'm Jeff Hartman, and I know we had a week off, and I plugged this in the first segment, but Blue Check Back is back. This is dangerous territory, folks, and I'll tell you why. It's dangerous because last week I had Brian Anthony Davis on, and the Steelers won. And so if the Steelers somehow lose to the Seahawks, I don't know if Blue Check Back is getting another invitation back, but nonetheless... Blue check back is back. His team's still on the bye. It's like the longest bye week ever. Michael, how's it going? <laughs> I'm doing great. Hey, I was a part of this back with that Bills game. So uh, that's true. I'm part of a win. I'm that's a true. Part of a win. Don't that's discredit true. that. I, I, I won't do that. I won't do okay. that to you. All right, let's do a couple of Steeler questions before we get into our game picks. My first one has to be about your line of expertise, and that's the offensive line. Right. I, I feel like the million dollar question is it's not if or when, it's when Zach Banner returns, which at the moment of this being recorded, he has not been taken off of IR yet. But when he does come back, in your opinion, what does the offensive line look like with Zach Banner involved in, as a possible tackle in some way, shape, or form? I Honestly, I think it changes the line quite a bit because that uh, kind of covers up uh, Chooks to core for his warts a bit and lets uh, the Steelers run the ball a little bit better. Uh, Zach Banner's uh, an aggressive run blocker, uh, something that Chooks doesn't quite have. But uh, the group all together, I think, will be better. And as we can see, these running uh, holes are starting to open up. And uh, what the Steelers rushed the ball 34 times last week compared to 25 passes. I think this team is finally starting to adopt a run-first mentality. Uh, so uh, having the better run blocker in any way, I think, uh, helps out with that. And uh, the Steelers will be better off for it. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Zach Banner has to be back this week. Uh, yeah, from his IR status, Dave said Dave Schofield, who I trust, he said it's next Tuesday. It's okay. 21 days, so technically they could sit him this week and then reinstate him next week, and then they get him reacclimated over the bye week. But you didn't answer the question completely. What do you do with Chukes core for, and what do you do with Dan Moore? Like, do you move Chukes to left tackle? Obviously, Zach Banner is going at right tackle, according to what you said. Who do you play at left tackle? So that 
is the million dollar question. Uh, I honestly think you've got to still ride it out with Dan Moore. I think he's showed a lot, especially because he's a rookie. Uh, I think he's shown more signs of improvement than uh, what Chooks Akorapor has. And I think he has a higher potential. Um, so I, I think uh, you ride it out with the rookie, have Chooks your top backup. He, he's a free agent after this year anyway. Um, so I, I, I'm definitely leaning towards going with the Rook, who's, uh, who hasn't looked quite as good as he did in the preseason, but is starting to kind of come into his own, and he's just going to get better as time goes on. All right, I can get behind that. Now let me ask you the next question. With Juju Smith-Schuster done for the year, and he's not officially on IR yet, but he will be, uh, who do you think, out of all the pass catchers, including tight ends, including running backs, sees the most increased targets with Juju out. So which target gets targeted the most by Ben Roethlisberger with Juju Smith-Schuster out of the lineup? So to check a couple names off that won't, I think Deontay Johnson's role stays exactly the same. I think the tight ends, because uh, whatever reason Ben Roethlisberger's never liked throwing those tight ends, uh, I think their roles stay the same. I think where it picks up is whoever comes in on the slot, if that's James Washington or Chase Claypool, whoever bounces in and plays more of that slot role, I think is going to get a boom here. Um, I feel like it will be end up being Chase Claypool, uh, and really that, that could be a spot that he could lock down long-term, uh, especially that bigger body frame that uh, a bunch of uh, interior defensive backs would not be prepared to uh, try to, uh, to cover, especially on those uh, inside routes. So maybe uh, Chase Claypool ends up uh, getting that, that big boom from uh, Juju's injury. Yeah, I, I think they're, they're definitely going to spread the wealth. Uh, you know, I, I've said this on my podcast before. I feel like it's going to be one less mouth to feed for Roethlisberger. I feel like he can kind of pick his spots. And you kind of saw that against Denver last week, to be honest. Uh, he didn't overly target Deontay Johnson, which he has a tendency to do. He did spread the ball around. I don't think that's all because of Juju Smith-Schuster. I think it's just because if he didn't have one other player that he felt, I've got to get them the football. I've got to get them the ball. The quarterbacks do that, whether you like it or not. He did it with Antonio Brown. He probably did it with Heinz Ward early in his career. And he, Juju Smith-Schuster was that guy. I think now Ben can kind of just read the field. Nonetheless, I do have one more question for you, and it's something I kind of went off on at the beginning of this podcast in part one, segment one. I'm really upset with the Steelers organization right now. Uh, if you haven't checked out the injury report, obviously the Steelers on Thursday – uh, Akella Witherspoon did not practice as a quote unquote coach's decision. I don't know what that means. I don't know if he's in the doghouse, but this guy hasn't even been active the last few weeks. I see this guy as nothing but a giant waste of space and what a stupid decision to bring this guy in via trade. And I was doing questions and answers with the field goals, which is the Seahawks SB nation site, the equivalent of behind the steel curtain for Seattle. And they basically said that, this guy was traded for, for the, the Seattle Seahawks traded the Niners for him. They tried to plug him in and he turned into nothing but a special teamer at best. And the Steelers trade. And now the guy's not even active. This guy is really ticking me off. Michael, this is where you have to talk me off a ledge. What in the world are the Steelers thinking? Is this guy still learning the system or what? Oh, Jeff, I would love to, but I was hoping you'd be the one talking me off the ledge with this guy because he has not done anything. Um, Mika Fitzpatrick came in on what a Tuesday and started the Sunday and was an absolute <laughs> freak of nature. I know he's Mika Fitzpatrick, but right, yeah. uh, you're an NFL player. Uh, it shouldn't take you months on months, especially as a defensive back that's played at a high level in college. You played in other NFL systems. You should be able to know what cover two is. You should be able to know what you're doing in cloud. You should just be able to know what you're doing at that level. So I think it's more than that. Um, for whatever reason, I, I think he's just not uh, put it together. 
Uh, it seems like the Steelers uh, completely swung and missed terribly on uh, this guy uh, trying to add to their defensive back rotation. Um, with all the money they put together, it makes you just really wish that they uh, somehow figured out a way to keep Mike Hilton. Uh, but uh, of course that didn't happen. Uh, so really this just seems like complete waste of draft picks uh, and just a complete waste overall. So uh, I'm pretty disappointed by this trade and uh, the fact that uh, the Steelers really aren't giving him any opportunities speaks a lot of volume. And let's one more question before we get to game picks for all those Steeler fans out there that are saying Mika Fitzpatrick is not the same player. He's not dynamic. He's not making those big plays. What do you have to say to those fans? I like it'd be nice for him to get the interceptions, but the problem is teams are looking at where Mika is on the field and then they're throwing the ball the opposite direction because he's such a dangerous player. Uh, we saw it last week stepping up, uh, making a ton of tackles. I, I believe he had t- 10 total tackles ten, yes. last week. Uh, he's an animal. He understands the game better than, than most players, most defensive players. Um, but uh, teams are scared of him. Straight up. Uh, so unless they're not, unless they're going to start throwing the ball in his direction, uh, I don't really anticipate the numbers being there because, quite frankly, teams are avoiding him at all costs. He's making plays is just different. I mean, he's he's attacking the line of scrimmage. I've never seen him do it the way he is this season. He's been like a bullet flying up there. Look, kind of looks like Troy to be honest with you when it comes to attacking the line of scr- scrimmage, and he's coming from the deep safety spot. So. Don't worry about Minka. He'll be be just fine. Let's get to our NFL game picks. I do want to recap. We're going into week six now. Five games under our belt. I want to go over our pick records. My record so far on the entire season is, I'm pretty proud of this, actually, because last year it was abysmal. I'm 80-79-1. Now, now when Michael and I do our picks for the website, we're not just picking the winners and losers via the spread. We're also picking the over-under. We don't talk about that on the show. But that's why you're like 80, 70 on one. That doesn't add up. That's where the extra things are. So I'm 80, 79, one. I'm on the plus side. I'm happy with that. Last week, I went 20 and 12. So I was pretty happy with last week and my overall. What are you, where are you at, Michael? Oh, this year is definitely a down year for me. Last year, I was above <laughs> that 500 bar all year long. This year, I'm currently sitting at 74, 85 and one uh, shade under uh, that 500 uh, bar. Hopefully we can uh, get back. Uh, above water this week, but uh, it's not been a great year for your boy. Well, they only need one good week, and you'll be back over 500, but let's get to it. All right, Sunday at 9.30 a.m., these London games, they suck. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, if, you, if you're going to pick matchups, please do something better than this. Miami Dolphins, Jacksonville Jaguars, 1-4 Miami, 0-4 Jacksonville. Please, someone tell me why I should wake up and watch this game. I'll be awake, but why I should even pay attention. Who wins this game? Who do you think? Miami's giving three and a half, by the way. Hey, this game's going to be 630 uh, on the, the West Coast, so there's no chance I'm getting up to watch this one. Uh, the Jags stink. Uh, thankfully, some other distractions. The league is uh, deflected from their head coach, but they still stink. Give me the Dolphins minus three and a half. I'll take the Dolphins minus three and a half. Again, do better NFL. If you're going to have these games, make it make a better matchup. All right, one o'clock. This is going to be a good game to watch. The Los Angeles Chargers, the Baltimore Ravens. This is going to be one that I think could be a high-flying matchup. Uh, I believe this is in Baltimore. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, the Chargers are getting two and a half, are giving, I'm sorry, getting two and a half points here. This should be a great game to watch, Michael. Who do you like? I'm one of the guys that do not think the Baltimore Ravens are that good of a team. Uh, Lamar Jackson pulled them to victory uh, last week. Justin Tucker fluked them to a victory. Kansas City cost themselves a game against the Ravens. There's no reason this team should be, what, four and one. Uh, but uh, here we are. I'm, I'm hammering the Chargers all day long, especially because they're getting points. Give me the Chargers plus two and a half. I will take the Chargers as well, getting two and a half. I like them 
They're a really good offense. They have a really good coach, by the way, so keep that in mind. The Minnesota Vikings, Carolina Panthers going head-to-head. Carolina is getting two and a half here. Christian McCaffrey, no sign of him yet. Uh, who do you like in this matchup? Oh, the Panthers are one of those super underrated teams. I, I'm going to have a hard time picking against them all year long. Give me the Panthers and the extra points. I agree 100%. Take the Panthers getting two and a half. Green Bay, Chicago Bears, NFC North action. Green Bay is giving five and a half. Justin Fields is a quarterback now. What do you think? I'm surprised it's only five and a half. I got the odds at four and a half even when I made my pick. So uh, I'm taking the Packers minus four and a half. The Bears just aren't that good. I'm taking the Packers as well. We're agreeing way too much. The Bengals, <laughs> who lost in Bengal fashion last week where the kicker was celebrating an overtime winning kick that sailed wide left. It was just classic Cincinnati Bengals. I loved every second of it. Cincinnati's giving three and a half to the, against the Detroit Lions. Who do you like here? Yeah, I don't know why this is such a, a, a tight game. The, the Lions continue to lose. I know they've been they've been in games losing by uh, field goal field goals in consecutive weeks at uh, the the last uh, the last second. But I, I think the Bengals are going to bounce back and uh, take care of business. So give me the, the Bengals minus three and a half. I agree with you. The Bengals are going to be much better than people think. I said that before the season. It's they're even better than I thought they'd be. They're a tough team. I'll take the Bengals giving three and a half. Houston Texans, Indianapolis Colts, AFC South action. Indy's giving nine and a half. They blew that huge lead on Monday Night Football against Baltimore. Who do you like in this one? The Texans are also awful. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the Colts nine and a half. That's a, it's a lot to be uh, to be given up, but uh, I, I don't believe in the Texans at all. Give me the Colts minus all those points. I'm going to agree with you. Nine and a half points for the Colts. I think they covered Carson Wentz. Looks like he's getting comfortable. That's a good thing for the Colts. They need it. Uh, and I think that they're also kind of ticked off after how that Monday night game went down. I think they'll rebound. And it, like you said, Houston's awful. Uh, the LA Rams and the New York giants, the LA Rams are giving nine and a half points here. I know you love the Rams. Are they going to cover? Also, the giants are completely beat up. Yeah. No Saquon Barkley. Who knows if Daniel Jones will be good. The receivers are uh, in a tough spot with Kenny Galladay. The Giants look bad. This could be the route of the week. I, I could see the Rams winning this one by 40. So give me the Rams minus nine and a half. I agree. The, the Giants stink even with those players, let alone without them. I'll take the Rams giving nine and a half as well. Uh, we're still at Sunday at one o'clock. The Kansas City Chiefs are in a bad way right now. The Washington football team, Kansas City, can't stop anyone. Washington told people two days ago they're retiring Sean Taylor's number. What a fiasco that organization is. Kansas City's giving six and a half. Who do you like here? Uh, first of all, thank goodness I'm not a Washington football team fan. Oh I feel gosh. like I'd just be embarrassed. Uh, anyway, though, I, I think the Chiefs have an emphatic victory uh, to try to uh, silence some of the doubters, even though I think they're a pretty overrated team this year. Uh, give me the Chiefs minus those points. I agree. Take the Chiefs, giving six and a half. What might be the game of the week is at 4.05 on Sunday Eastern time. Arizona Cardinals, Cleveland Browns. This is going to be a high-flying game. If you like offense, you like this one. The Cleveland Browns are coming off of a Back and forth game against the LA Chargers last week. Now they have Arizona. Arizona is getting three and a half on the road. Who do you like here? Uh, I like the Cardinals, honestly. Uh, it's kind of hard for me with these AFC North matchups picking those teams. Uh, I don't know if you feel the same way, but uh, uh, I still like the Cardinals plus three and a half. I think they just have a little bit more juice around their defense and are just a little bit more high flying. Having Kyler Murray is the difference uh, in the battle of those Oklahoma quarterbacks. I said, I said it last week with Brian. I said Arizona's put together a sneaky good roster. No one's giving them credit. Take the Arizona Cardinals getting points, even against Cleveland. And I think Cleveland drops another game, which I hope happens. 425, the Las Vegas Raiders. Boy, is that organization in disarray at this point. The Denver Broncos. I didn't even look at the spread. I just picked the Broncos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's honestly what it was. It could have been 20 points. I was like, no, Broncos. I mean, Vegas is technically getting three and a half. 
Um, but this is in, in Denver. What do you think? Yeah, with the coaching change, yeah, no, there's there's absolutely no way uh, Vegas is winning this game. It, like, I'd be so surprised. Uh, Denver minus three and a half every day of the week. The only way I could see him winning is if it's a rally or rally the troops type of win. You know, we're going to prove people wrong. We're not all one coach, yada, yada, yada. I don't think it happens. All right, Sunday at 425 as well. Another good game, Dallas and New England. In New England, New England's getting three and a half points. What do you think about this matchup? Oh, Dallas's offense is just way too high powered. Uh, give me the, the Cowboys minus three and a half. I, I think they win by a touchdown. We differ. New England at home. I like Belichick. I like Belichick getting points at home. Three and a half points. I'll take New England. I don't think Dallas is that great. And then we'll go to Monday night. We'll be back to the Sunday nighter in a second. Buffalo Bills, Tennessee Titans. Another pretty good matchup on Monday night football. Buffalo's giving five and a half to the Tennessee Titans. Does Tennessee have a chance to cover? Uh, for whatever reason, after the Steelers uh, whipped the Bills, but they've been a, a team on a mission, just killing everybody. Uh, I think that continues. Give me the Bills minus the points. I'll take the Bills giving five and a half, but I think Tennessee's going to keep it close. If Derrick Henry can get going, uh, oh. that's going to be the, that's going to be the only way they stand a chance. But let's go to the game everyone cares the most about: the Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday Night Football. The current spread that I have is the Steelers giving five and a half points at home. This is a game that picking the winner, picking the score is difficult with Geno Smith and no Russell Wilson. Michael, what's your score prediction? How do you see this game shaking out? So on Know Your Enemy, I uh, said it would be 27 to 10 for the Pittsburgh Steelers, putting up uh, what the same total of points they did last week. Um, I, I just, I have no faith in the Seahawks. I feel like there could be a d- defensive touchdown this week too, uh, just with Geno Smith in there uh, for the Seahawks. I guess it's kind of one of those games that could end up being a trap game, but it is primetime football. Seahawks are traveling across the country. Uh, that's typically when Ben and Mike Tomlin are at their best is uh, when the lights are brightest. So uh, give me the Steelers uh, minus the points. Uh, I, I like Pittsburgh in this one. I like the Steelers as well. I know that's a shocker to everyone that's listening to this podcast. I'll take the Steelers 30 to 20. They hit the 30 point plateau. I think this offense is going to be built to run the ball well. And I think Seattle gets a garbage time touchdown to get to that 20 point plateau, 30 to 10 in the fourth quarter, I'm sorry, 30 to 13 in the fourth quarter, Geno Smith throws a crappy touchdown to make it 30 to 20, something of that nature. I like the Steelers giving five and a half points and the over under 42 and a half take the over. All right, Mike, any last thoughts? Uh, I think this will be a big game for Najee Harris against this porous uh, Seattle Seahawks front to stay away from Bobby Wagner. Uh, and, and I think he, uh, I think he has more rush yards than he had last week at, what, 122? I, I think he, he does better than that this week. Every week is a good week for Najee Harris if you're a fantasy owner, so keep that in mind. But, Michael, thank you for the time. Next week, we'll have a game, right, to talk about? You're one of your oh, college yeah. games? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, heading out to Montana tomorrow. Or, I guess, uh, today is the, the time of this uh, dropping. There you go. Well, good luck, Coach. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. All right, a big thank you to Michael Beck for taking the time, as always, out of his busy schedule to join us. I always appreciate talking with him. It's a lot of fun. I love that segment. So thank you, Michael, for taking the time. All right, a little heart-to-heart to finish out the show here tonight, today, this morning, whatever you're listening, doesn't matter. Change. People can change. Teams can change. Change is inevitable in life. And I want to make it clear with the Pittsburgh Steelers that, remember, they are capable of change. So as dismal as this offense looked early in the season, as horrible as the offensive line looked early on in this 2021 campaign, remember, they are capable of change. They are capable of putting together both better performances and better coaching. 
Those things happen. Good teams adjust. Good teams change. This is foreign for the Steelers, especially if you think back to the last two years with Randy Featner at offensive coordinator. Not much ever changed. It just seemed like the Steelers had this approach of, we're going to do what we do, and you're going to have to adjust, and you're not going to be able to adjust because we do our thing so well. That's kind of what it felt like. There's a different feel, in my opinion, to this team. I feel like they are progressing. I feel like they are changing. And I feel like what we're seeing is just the beginning of what could be something very, very good. I think this team can continue to win. I think this team can can continue to be competitive. And I think their defense is good enough that they are going to be able to not only be in every game, but they could absolutely be in playoff contention when it gets down to it at the end of this season. Change can happen. So if you're someone that at the very beginning of this season, when things were going south, I'm talking the Raiders collapse, I'm talking about the Bengals debacle, I'm talking about the Packers, what could have been with the blocked field goal, whatever. I'm talking about all those, the three-game skid. If you're someone that said this team's done, they're done, they're done, then you don't truly understand or think that they are capable of change. And I understand it. I understand that line of thinking. But I just want to remind fans out there that change is possible. We're seeing it in front of our very eyes. So keep that in mind as you sit there and you watch this team, especially if they come out and win and they look good. You're just seeing the byproduct of them changing their philosophy, changing their approach, and that's a good thing. We are not used to seeing this as fans of the black and gold. We are used to seeing stubbornness. We are used to seeing coaches, coaching staffs that don't want to change. It's like Garth in Wayne's World when he says, we fear change. You shouldn't fear change. You shouldn't, especially not in sports. It's a part of the evolutionary process of a team, and hopefully the Steelers are going through that evolutionary process this week, and it continues to evolve. That's what you want to see, change. All right, folks, that does it for me. I'm gone until this Sunday. I'm not going to be on Sunday night. That's a really late night on the East Coast, and I have to record Let's Ride for Monday. So you won't see me on the postgame show Sunday night, early Monday morning for the East Coast. I will be recording Let's Ride for 9 a.m. on Monday. So if you want to hear my thoughts on the game, you got to tune in Monday, 9 a.m. Eastern time. I will be there talking about the winners and losers and all my thoughts on this week six game. That's it. I hope you enjoyed it, folks. Remember, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And remember, wherever you get your podcasts, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, follow, subscribe, whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. And as we always finish it out here, be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great weekend. Go Steelers. I'll talk to you on Monday. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, you're probably listening to this podcast, and at the very end, you're thinking... Shouldn't we hear the music going? And why am I looking at my phone or my car and seeing that there's still time left? Well, I got to be honest. I'm always honest with my ride or die crew. And I finished this podcast and I pieced it all together and it was ready to go. And I went to plug it into the system that we use for podcasts. And I noticed that Brian Anthony Davis, our podcast producer, had already done the headline, and I I had a giant brain fart. I mean, I feel like a complete moron. I totally neglected what I've been doing every Friday, and that is what the Steelers need to do to beat the Seattle Seahawks in this case or whoever they play that particular week. And so I did my whole random thoughts. I talked with Blue Check Beck, Michael Beck. I closed the show, and then I was like, oh, my gosh, I forgot. I didn't know what to do. So I said, Brian, I'm going to 
put it at the end of the show. I'm still going to do it. So let's first do what we always do, and that is we go back to last week's goals of offense and defense and say, did they do it or did they not do it? And so let's start on offense. That's what we always do. Offense. Keep it going. Offensive line. Remember, they had been coming off that game against the Green Bay Packers where the offensive line looked to have some juice. It looked like they were having some semblance of continuity, and I said, keep it going. Check. They did that. Woohoo! Next, I said balance. Have a balanced approach. They ran the ball like 34 or 35 times, threw it only 25. That's technically not balanced, but that's balanced in the right way if you ask me. That's check. Woohoo! Did it. Yes. And then last, make those necessary plays third and fourth down. It was the first time all season they were above 500 in terms of third down conversion rate. That is a huge check mark. Woohoo! They did it. The Steelers did all three of my goals last week. And a shocker, 27 points, their highest point total yet this season. Defense said be creative. I don't know if they got really creative, uh, but they did the job. I'm still going to say they didn't get too creative with blitzes or anything like that, trying to confuse the quarterback. Nonetheless, Drew Locke, if he was quarterback, I think it would have been different. So that's a different story altogether. I'm not going to give him an X or a check mark. Take it away. Uh... Yes, I think they did that. They did it in a crucial moment. James Pierre, check mark. Woohoo! He took it away when it mattered the most. Game clinching interception. And lastly, bring the pain. I said I wanted the the Broncos to feel when the Steelers were playing. I thought they had some big hits. Minka Fitzpatrick was leading the way in that regard. So yes, check. Woohoo! They did it. Now, let's talk about the Seahawks. Before we get to the offensive and defensive keys, between me. Recording that podcast earlier and now, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Seattle Seahawks injury reports have been released, and I was stunned to see that Russell Wilson was actually uh, limited on Thursday. Like he actually practiced. I, I, I don't, I don't understand it either. Uh, no one is expecting him to play yet. Here we are. So I digress. Let's go over the keys on offense. Keep that balanced approach. I want the Steelers to go back in a time machine. 2004, 2005, Ben Roethlisberger, that's the recipe for success. Run the ball, limit Ben's throws, and he has to deliver when it matters most. If the offensive line can protect, they'll be fine. Number two, use Najee in more ways than one. I want to see them start having him run designed routes. He did that against the Denver Broncos last week. He does a good job with that. It's time they start utilizing him in more ways than just as a runner. He is that talented. He is that kind of back. They need to do it. Lastly, keep it clean. Don't turn the ball over. It, you know, Ben Roethlisberger had the strip sack last week. You can't have those negative plays. Go back to last week. They're dominating the game. The Broncos are on their heels, and then that happens, and it changes everything. Yes, the Broncos only got a field goal. Doesn't matter. Don't turn the ball over. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Number one, get to the quarterback. I mean, when are we going to have a Steelers performance where they're swarming the quarterback, getting after it? Yeah, they've been getting a couple sacks, but that's not the Steelers' defense we're used to seeing. Get after the quarterback. Next, same as last week, bring the pain. The Steelers need to be a physical football team. They are going to inflict pain on the opponent. When the opponent catches the ball over the middle, they know they're going to get jacked. That's what I want to see. That's what the Steelers need to do. And last key, take the ball away. The Steelers have not won the turnover battle many times this season, and they need to on Sunday. They need to, moving forward, take the football away. If it's Geno Smith, if it's Russell Wilson, doesn't matter. Take the ball away. Win the turnover battle, and you will be 3-3 three and three heading into the bye week. All right. I hope you enjoyed that little segment. Folks, thank you. I apologize for being an idiot. 
Enjoy the rest of your weekend. I'll see you on Monday. Go Steelers. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.